Mustafi. Mustafi. Why are you doing this to me? Why? Why? You know you're a professional footballer. You get paid for this. You, you, you literally get paid to defend. So why in on God's green earth do you do the opposite? Like I think you were sent by Satan. You have to be sent by Satan. You're an agent of Satan. I'm telling you that crawled out of hell because that's the only way to explain what you're doing right now. These are shenanigans. And your shenanigans are hurting my heart. They're hurting my heart, you know. Mustafi, I can't believe you, bro. I really, I, I, I really can't believe this guy. All I want, I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I don't ask too much, you know. I don't ask too much. All I wanted was to see my team play in the Champions League. In the Champions League, that's it. That's it. It's not outlandish. It's not a flagrant, a flagrant request. I just want Champions League football. And you are doing every single thing possible. You think I'm exaggerating? You guys think I'm exaggerating? Look, look at the table, yeah. Check the, the table of t- of mistakes that lead to goals. And look who's at the top. It's Arsenal. Arsenal are sitting at the top of the wrong table. The mistakes table. And you are a mistake. I'm sorry. I can't believe this guy. I cannot Adam and Eve this guy. We are sitting at the top of all mistakes. And you know what? I can bet every 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 earning that I have right now, past, future and present, right, yeah, that a large lion's share of those mistakes, yeah, is down to you. It doesn't even make any sense. And you know what? Everyone's to blame. Every single one at that club is, is to blame. Like, I don't mean to come on this Arsenal fan TV kind of run, yeah. I'm just trying to, you know expunge what I'm feeling right now because I can't carry this in my chest. I cannot I, I refuse to carry this in my chest. This is pain and anguish. Pain and anguish that I need to let off. I just need to let off because I can't deal with it. Can't deal with it. I'm done. I'm done. Every single person at that club is to blame. And Mr Wenger, I love you and you're my second dad. I swear I swear oh Lord yeah you're you're partly to blame as well. You you're not getting you're not getting off scot free. Because we paid thirty-five million pounds for this guy, for this joker. He's a court jester. I'm telling you, he's a court jester. It doesn't make sense because he's not a defender. I don't care what whatever it says on his CV. His CV needs to get thrown in the bin because that is not, that is not a defender. That is not a defender. Someone that just bails out on defending. All you have to do is defend, clear the ball, or shepherd it. I don't know. Do something. Take control. Because to be a good defender, you have to take control of your area. This guy doesn't take control of the area. His area is a pigsty, where it's Sodom and Gomorrah. Everyone just runs amok. Amok is disgusting. It's disgusting. We paid thirty-five million pounds for this guy, and every single person in that room that sanctioned this should be should be ashamed. They should slap themselves three times. They should slap themselves... No, never three times. They should slap themselves five times because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense how you could fork out £35 million for this defender that doesn't defend. Who are you, Mike Bassett? Mustafi? Can't lie to you, bro. You need to get my club. Because right now, you're just you're just the enemy. You're just you're just the enemy. You're the antagonist to my own life. Just let me be happy. £35 million, Mr. Winger. Oh, my God. Someone needs to answer for their crimes. I'm telling you, these are war crimes right now. These are war crimes that this club is committing. And every time we continue to let this guy play, it's just, I need to take it easy. I need to take it easy or else I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it 
and I can't afford to lose it. Yo, welcome back to another installment of the Fraudcast. I'm your host, Levenz, and I want to thank you. I want to thank you guys on wherever you're listening to this, whether it's on SoundCloud, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, and whether it's on Spotify. So in this in today's show, um, we're going to get into a bit of Russell 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 Wilson. We're going to get into the epilogue. What does epilogue mean? I need to hold on. I'll be out back. I need to dictionary this. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm back. So I'll dictionary the yeah epilogue. So we're gonna get into the epilogue of the Dame Lillard versus Russell Westbrook beef. We're gonna talk about the porn ban, the incoming porn ban that's coming this way. So get your last nuts in. And then we're gonna close out this episode with uh, explain your tweets and church announcements. But first, yo, Russell Wilson, yo, Russell Wilson, the quarterback of the Seattle Seahawks, just got paid. He just got paid. He's the high now. He's now the highest paid NFL athlete. Right now, yeah, he signed a four-year four-year contract extension worth hundred and forty million. So he sits at the top. He defrauds Aaron Rodgers, who signed, um, who was previously the highest-paid athlete, um, at one hundred and thirty-four million. Now Russell Wilson's on one hundred and forty million. So he's the paid, and you know, what? like I can get into it about the whole the whole sports thing for me to do is to get into how he's rightfully owed that money. Which he is, you know, he had his he had his best season to date. Yeah, I mean, he he scored a career high thirty five touchdowns and a career low, and he threw for a career low seven seven interceptions. So he's like he's more than he's more than earned it, you know. And there was a, there was a period where we didn't think he was going to sign a contract, but you know, it's just a good old fashioned shakedown as all these athletes all these athletes are doing right now. They're just trying to regain the power player power and taking the power away from the owners who think they can just disregard especially in the sport in the NFL where the owners really run a plantation honestly I know it's a weird thing to say plantation when these players are getting they're, they're getting paid like millions and millions just to play the sport and stuff but yo it's deeper than that it's not the same as basketball everyone's always talking about guaranteed money like the NFL players want the guaranteed money that the basketball players get NFL players don't get guaranteed money for a sport that's more dangerous. It doesn't really make any sense. But like I said, it's a plantation. So we can get all up into that and be all sportsy and shit. But that's not how it is on this show. You know this. You know I always come from a funny angle. And my angle is Russell Wilson, this new what this new Russell Wilson, like he shed away his bet his better male skin and now he's glowed up. He's glowed up and behind every successful man is a woman. And the reason behind Russell Wilson's new profound blackness, and I'm using that parentheses, is because of Ciara. Russell Wilson is with Ciara, if you didn't know. That is Ciara's man. Ciara used to date Future, but now she is with Russell Wilson, and she's been building him up, building him up, building him up, chipping away at the old Russell Wilson, the robotic, Ivy League, preppy Russell Wilson, and turned him into this smooth-talking, Barry White-sounding motherfucker. Like, Russell Wilson is black now. He black, black. Like, he talking, like, he talking deep. So, here's the thing, right? The way Russell Wilson announced 
that he was going to sign for the for the CLC, re-sign for the Seattle Seahawks and become the highest paid athlete in the sport was quite unusual. And I guess the sign's been there that, you know, Russell Wilson's been changing, you know, Seattle's been changing and the sign's been there. But this was the first concrete, eventful change that everyone could see. Hey, Seattle, we got a deal. <laughs> Go Hawks. Your hawks. I'm gonna see y'all in the morning. Good night. Time for y'all to go to bed. Finally, you can go to sleep. <laughs> Never would I imagine that this is how Russell Wilson will pan out to be. And I guess we have to give thanks to Ciara. Ciara, I just want to give thanks to you because what you did now, like we black people, we thank you. We thought we lost. We thought we lost this brother. We thought we lost this brother to the white community. But it's good to know that we have kept him within the black community, and we just got you to we just got you to you know to thank for it, you know. So I want to thank you, Ciara. You know, I, like if I see you, I'm gonna thank you again. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy your album. I'm gonna even download that motherfucker. I'm gonna shoot a bootleg, and that's how good I feel about you, Ciara. I swear that Ciara, you taught him well. Ciara taught him well. So yeah, that video is is crazy because Russell Russell Wilson is Wilson is Russell Wilson is in bed with Ciara and it looks like, I don't even know what it looks like. It looks like that either that's either post post coitus or pre coitus. Like Russell Wilson just finished blowing her back out, or he about to blow it back out because he put on that Barry that Barry White like that just low voice, deep voice and shit. That's the that's that voice is in the deepest, deepest, deepest deepest of levels talking about yo we got a deal and see how it's out here all giggly and shit i know he's probably playing with his johnson and shit it doesn't make any sense but wilson done changed up man wilson done changed up seattle we got a deal look at go hawks look deep that voice is. go hawks but i'm gonna see y'all in the morning i'm gonna see y'all in the morning time for y'all to go to bed <laughs> Like, it doesn't make sense. So that was, like, the first real concrete sign. Like, oh, sh- oh shit, this man is changing. He's, he's going to change. He's going to change. He's going to change. And then, recently, Russell Wilson is styling his hair. He's styling his hair. Like, you know, the, the if you don't know Russell Wilson, yeah, his hair before is either, he just lets it flow out, you know. His afro doesn't really look more like an afro because he kind of has, like, his hair is different. His texture of hair is different. It's more like wavy and um, yeah, more on the white hand. So on the white hand, like it's from Hawaii or something. Yeah, it looks like it's from Hawaii. He's got a Hawaii type of hair. Shit. So now in this week's in this week's episode on Russell Wilson is a black man, a new and improved black man. Russell Wilson is getting his hair. He's getting his hair did by once again Ciara. The symbol of change. My wife, if you're over here braiding your hair, that's what goes on with you. What's going on? Come to my hair shop. Hey, CC, CC shop. CC hair shop. Yeah. Hey, baby, can't be turning your oh, hair. Oh, I'm sorry. Right? Man, you All see over the place, man. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, Ciara, that's it. Ciara is, is, um, <laughs> Ciara is doing this hair. She's, she's giving him cane rolls. And I don't know if this is the first cane roll that Russell Wilson ever had in his life but he looks like he's enjoying it he looks like he looks like a young just just a young kid 
He's just been given the, the greatest Christmas present of all time. He just seems like he's enjoying himself. And I like it. I think you're supposed to bring... In a relationship, you're supposed to bring out the best out of each other. And it seems like Seattle's bringing out the blackness in Russell Wilson, which goes hand in hand with his happiness. He seems very, very, very happy, you know. The only thing missing from the video is that he's not wearing a wife beard. You know how, I don't know, in, in let's say we're in Atlanta, Georgia, and you're, like, your girl's doing your hair, you sit between the fires and shit on the front porch, wife beater, 40 on the, 40 on the porch as well right next to you, just talking real shit and just enjoying the fucking, the, the goodness of life. And that's just what he's doing. That's the next step. When Russell Wilson starts wearing wife beers, starts wearing gold chains and shit, starts wearing a fucking grill, that's when you know, like, yo, see how maybe you're doing too much. You must have toned down the blackness a bit, you know? We don't want to scare away these white people. So, well done, well done, Ciara. Well done, Ciara. And well done, Russell Wilson, on getting paid. And again, shout out to Wilson again for this rediscovering your blackness. <laughs> I don't know what the best part of this Damian Lillard versus Russell Westbrook beef was, yeah. But Damian Lillard got the last laugh. Like, he punctuated that beef. Westbrook started this beef. Like, it was rumoured that Westbrook started this war between the two back in, like, what? January or something, something like that? I loved it. Port, like, obviously, Portland Trailblazers went out of the series, winning four games to one. Right. It's kind of put Russell Westbrook's legacy in a bit of discussion. Because, don't get me wrong, he's been averaging a triple-double for three years now. And he's won the, he won the MVP. He won, he's also uh, an MVP winner, you know? He's won the MVP before. So, when before this, before this series took place, before the series took place between the Portland Trailblazers and OKC... The narrative was who's better, who would you rather take, Lillard or Westbrook? Now, before this series, people probably would have said Westbrook because of the accolades he has, averaging triple double and MVP trophy to his name. Damon Lillard is still trying to make it. He's still trying to recover from back to back being back to back back to back playoffs of being swept. So you can probably understand why people were leaning towards Russell Westbrook over Damon Lillard, but not me. Not me, right? Here's the thing. I kind of always maintain, even before the playoffs, even before what Dame Lillard's game-winning series closing shot that he shot from wherever, from the parking lot. Even before this, I always main, I always thought that Dame Lillard was better than Russ. And then let me tell you why. Right? They're two different people. The only sem- similarities that these two have is that they hate, they dislike, they dislike each other, and also that they play in the same position. But they're two different kind of points. It's like comparing like two different uh, uh, two different surgeons. Like one, who's a better surgeon, a cardiovascular surgeon or a neurologist neuro- uh, neurologist surgeon? They're both two. They're, I don't know. I don't know how you gonna. I don't know how you're gonna slice it, and that's pun intended. I don't know how you're gonna slice who's better. But this is how I see Lillard as a pure scorer, and that's something that Russell Westbrook can never uh, attain to be. Russell Westbrook is a facilitator. He's a facilitator. That's why he gets these triple doubles. He's a facilitator. He knows how to facilitate. And his attributes of being unstoppable in transition opens up the court so much that he's able to find guys. He's, he has he has really great vision. He knows how to play make. But when it comes to 
when it comes to school, when it comes to pure scoring, when it comes to getting them bucket, Dame Lillard all day, all day, all day, all day. And this is what's gonna happen, right? Westbrook, Westbrook. I don't, know, I don't know how old Westbrook is, but he's he's getting he's on the other side of his career, the other side of the skill. Anyway, he's on the other side. So as you get old, you're gonna have to rely. You're gonna have to show like your explosiveness. Your explosiveness is not always gonna be there. So you're gonna have to find a way to get to get to get to get, get to the basket. You're gonna have to find a way to get buckets. Now, if you if you're not a shooter, a pure scorer, you're gonna struggle. Dame pulls up from anywhere. From anywhere in this series, the first shot of the series, Dame pulled up from I don't know thirty-five feet. This is why the beef started, right? So back in January, back in January, Westbrook and Dame Lillard are going back and back and forth in that game, and then obviously it's like late in the fourth, like hey, OKC about to take the win, and then they're getting chippy, and then Russell Westbrook. Just, he just says, I've been busting that ass for a year. This is basically just saying, I've been owning you for years. I've been owning your team for you. I've been owning you. I've been just, I've been fathering you. I've been fathering, I've been fathering you. And ever since then, Dame Lillard has just quietly just been pouring up buckets on Westbrook. Buckets, buckets, buckets on Westbrook. I'm telling you, since then he's dropped 34, 31, 51, 30, 28, 32, 24 and now and that was before like that was up to like game four i don't i didn't even post up the game the game five numbers you can't be saying as 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 westbrook you can't be saying i've been i've been busting that ass for years and you just let him drop all them points on you in all them different games and you let him you let him have the last say you let him have the last say of the whole series that last shot was ridiculous the game is tied you don't even need you don't even need to make the free, but he does it. He makes the free and he waves goodbye to them in one in one fell swoop. It was it was poetic. It was actually poetic. And then after the game, they asked they asked they asked Damon Leonard about pressure. They asked me if he ever felt pressure in that situation, and he basically gave the most hood, the most g'd up answer ever. Quote: Pressure? Nah, fam. This is just playing ball. Pressure is a homeless man who doesn't know where his next meal is coming from. Pressure is the single mom who's trying to scuffle and pay her rent. We get paid a lot of money to play the game. Don't get me wrong, there are challenges, but to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. End quote. A wise man named Jalen Rose once said, there's the score of the game and there's the game of life. There are two different types of pressures. The score of the game, yeah, it matters in a small vacuum of the sport, the score of the game. But the game of life is much bigger than everything. The game of life is bigger than everything. So what happens in a game of life is where pressure really is. Damon Lillard coming from, I don't know, a tough, tough surroundings growing up, made it to NBA. And now these guys are these privileged guys that never really experienced that shit. You know, you know how much of a luxury it is that you will never know the feeling not knowing when the next meal is coming. It's almost that you know, like you don't you don't you don't actually understand, you can't comprehend. A, a, a life without having your meal expected you don't think that your meal is it's just it just comes like you 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 don't know a life where your next meal is not going to come that's pressure bro yeah there's pressures in the game but that's just the score of the game baby the game of life is out there bro outside of that arena the game of life continues bro it continues and these privileged people be asking these athletes about pressure Trying to project this narrative onto them. This is me. You see me, yeah? 
I learned from early that Santa Claus and Easter and Christmas, I knew all of that shit was, and Valentine's Day, I knew all of that shit was, was, was just a lie, bro. Was just a lie. I would never let someone tell uh, someone force me to to believe in something that I didn't believe. To I would never allow someone to force me to feel something because that's what how that's just how they feel. Don't project your fears or your emotions onto me. And it's the same with these athletes. You don't know what situation they've come from. Yeah, you know they come from poverty, but you don't know the ins and outs, the real insight into into living in a hood in in poverty. Pressure. What pressure? This is why I like Dame Lydon, man. Else, uh, it looked like after you hit that shot, you waved to the to the Oklahoma City bench. Um, could you just describe that moment and then just kind of your, the emotion, what you were thinking at that point? I mean, the game, the series was over. You know, that was it. And uh, I was just waving goodbye to him. And I think uh, after game three, you know, they Dennis Schroeder was out there pointing to his wrist. They was out there doing all these celebrations and doing all this stuff, and we kept our composure. And um, after one win, that was what they decided to do. And we was just like, okay, what we want to do is win four games. And then when, those, when we win those four games, there's not going to be nothing to talk about. So that's what that was. And that is all she wrote. Fraudcast. Hey, I will say, the first time I heard a guy tell me that, I was like, oh, why do you look bad about these girls? And I knew you want to see their faces. I thought, I thought sad inside, you know. I thought, is there a whole generation of women that are just getting doggy? Because the guy doesn't care for you and doesn't want to see your face. <laughs> You're now listening to the Fraudcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. Did anyone know about this porn ban coming? Or have we been knowing, but we don't care? Or have we been knowing, but no one wants to put up a fight because no one wants to lie on this hill? The porn ban is coming in July 15th, people, of this year. That's two months away. Two months away and the porn ban is gone. I mean, uh, so here's the porn ban. This is what's supposed to happen, right? Porn ban comes. And now before you go on porn websites or before you want to just do a little beat on me and shit, you're going to have to pro- provide proof that you're over 18 as opposed to the current system of where it gives you go on the website and it gives you an option of, are you over 18? Yes or no? How many people are going to click no? Even if you're, even those underage people, how is that, how is that much of a deterrent? That is the bottom of the barrel, bare minimum doing your responsibility. You know, like, you know when someone's doing security check on you, but they don't really check your security. They're just there. Just, like, you're going to the club. Yeah, can I check your bags, please? So you open up your bag, and they barely look. They just wave you in. That's the equivalent of, are you over 18, yes or no? Just being there is enough of, is, is enough of being responsible and avoiding a liability suit. It's crazy. But the the, pan, the 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 porn ban is coming. It's it's coming. It's coming. In the fifteenth fifteenth of July, and the minister of digital matters, Margot James said, "Adult content is currently far too easy for children to access online." 
The introduction of mandatory age verification is a world first and we've taken the time to balance privacy concerns with the need to protect children from inappropriate content. We want the UK to be the safest place in the world online. And these new laws will help us achieve this. I, 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 I get it. It's all noble. Somebody think of the children. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? Yeah, yeah, bloody bar, all noble. So this is how it's going to work. Before you... When you look on your porn, you're doing your, your, your deed, being your meat, you're going to have to provide proof that you're over 18. That's whether you put in your, your, your passport deals, or your driving license deals, or something that proves that you are of age to watch this disgusting stuff. Now, I have a couple of reservations about this. The first being, would it work? I mean, the internet is such a wide, endless space of content and websites and filth so i don't know how this you i don't know what group it's going to be this group of people that's going to oversee this matter are going to do this for every porn site every porn site i can't understand the main ones like bang bros and browsers and born hub and x videos and shit but what about the, the niche ones you know what about the niche ones and this is my problem if you're unable to block out every porn site from the eyes of these young kids then you're only going to push these young kids to the websites that are quite harmful and probably has probably have a lot of viruses probably just have dark content on it so we have to be careful by the same time is it justified if we save a few if we save let's say a few kids let's say there's like 25 let's say let's say we have 30 kids right we have 30 kids in a room we save 15 of them. No, that's half. We save 10 kids out of the 30 kids from watching porn online. But the other 20 kids find other ways to watch their, to continue watching their porn. Now, is it worth it? Is it justified if we save the 10 kids? Just the 10 kids. Is it justified? I guess so. It's quite noble. Save 10... We're not going to save everybody. That's just the fact of life. We're not going to save everybody. That's how it is. So those 10 is noble. But of the remaining 20, where are they now going to get their porn? From the deepest, the deepest, most bottom pit of porn, which is, I would probably prefer my kid to watch safe porn with son's virus and son's choking and all that kind of stuff that I know that's going to taint them, taint their views on sex. So again, we're just trying to think of the children. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Here's my issue number two. I think this might be a bit too drastic. It might be a bit too drastic because coming from when I learned sex education, the sex education was not enough. Not to say I was on porn, just getting all my knowledge and education from watching porn because that's wrong. Porn, I knew from earlier that porn is fake. It's fake in a way that it's produced. It's not really natural and it gives people the wrong idea of what sex is not to say i didn't learn anything from porn but i did learn some things but i didn't learn everything from porn. but at the same time in school i wasn't taught what i was supposed to be taught i feel like in schools sex education should extend further than how babies are made and how sdi um sexually trans sexually transmitted diseases are attracted i feel like there should be time to talk about emotions talk about lust talk about love talk about just basically Everything around 
everything around sex that everything about sex that is around pregnancy and STI. There's other things about sex that people don't know, and I think kids go into this world with a lack of knowledge, with just the bare minimum knowledge for them to for them to to live off, and they can't, so they turn to porn. So maybe if in school, if our sex education system was better, then kids will be less curious. Because that's what it is, more curious, uh, just people being less curious. And at the same time, in human, how many times in, in humanity has barriers just beget? Or beget? I'm not trying to say baguette, I'm trying to say beget. Is it beget or beget? I'm not even saying. So how many times has barriers put in front of humans have led to humans resisting and finding other ways around the barriers and that's just what it is uh you're gonna put a porn barrier here porn band there cool we'll find a way the internet is too fluid for you for your barriers to work people always finds a way so i don't know i don't know i don't know now here's another issue well it's not really an issue it's just a bit it's just my curiosity why have we allowed this porn band to to reach the final stage because it's coming in it's coming in two months why is there no one protesting outside the house of parliament trying to keep this porn ban away from the whip from the internet i suppose no one wants to no one wants to lie on this hill no one wants to beat that martyr no one's no no one wants to take the load on the chin <laughs> no one wants to do it you know when like you're playing um you're playing that game have you ever have i never have you ever have I never? And there's something that someone, there's a question someone asks, I have never eaten booty. And then no one's, no one really drinks and then you sip on the side, you sip in the corner of your mouth like, so no one, you think that no one's watching? I think that's how it is with porn. I think people do want to fight this cause, but no one wants to put their name on it. So here's my suggestion. Put on a costume. Put on a, a disguise and go and fight this cause for us. Because I did not want to say sayonara to Sarah J. Fraud cast. But yeah, Laboons, when I say he's my goat, he's my favourite basketball player. I thought your favourite basketball player was the guy that, that's always last in trains. You don't talk about him no more. Welcome back to the Force Cards. This, this is the time where I just go and I go ahead and explain my tweets. I tweet some shit during the week, and I pick out the ones that require explanation. Hence, the explain your tweets. So, what's the first tweet that I want to talk about? Quote: I love how no one is talking about the impact of a healthy Iggy for the Warriors. All of them, if CP3 was healthy, the Rock, the Rockets will win the Western Conference Finals. Narrative need to die. A healthy Iggy. And Golden State win this series in five. So Golden State are two it up in, in in this matchup with the Houston Rockets, and I think they are going to take this series. Golden State are playing impeccable defense right now. They're stif they're stifling the Houston Rockets. Iggy, um, Andre Iguodala is healthy right now, and he is playing lights out on both ends of the, on both ends of the court. He's hitting threes and he's defending well. He's healthy. He's he's allowing them. He's allowing Golden State to play Hampton Five, the small lineup, the lineup of death, whatever name it has. So last year in the Western Conference Finals, when it was Golden State and the Rockets, and Golden State won in seven, there were analysts that were suggesting that if CP3, because CP3 got injured, Chris Paul got injured in game was it game six? Anyway, so he didn't play game seven. 
Iguodala got injured again. In fact, now people often overlook the fact that if CP3, like Iguodala got injured, so if CP3 played Game Seven, then Golden State, then Houston Rockets would have went to the finals, which is stupid because right now Iguodala is healthy right now, and you can see his impact is great to see. So if Iguodala was actually not injured for Game Five and played the whole series. Golden State would have won that series in five games, and that's what I'm trying to explain. And people are right now. Golden State are two, two, uh, two games up in the series, but people are kind of they don't want no one wants to talk about it. So I thought I'd bring it to the forefront. Another one. The next tweet is quote Nah, I'm still laughing at Liana trying to guard White Walker Shaq. End quote. So I know everyone watched Game of Thrones. Everyone watched Game of Thrones. I don't care. Those that didn't watch Game of Thrones, the latest episode of Game of Thrones, well, I don't know what you're doing in your life. I guess you're just trying to be different, which just grow up, stop being childish. Anyway, in that movie-esque episode where half this fucking episode was fucking dark as hell, I want to see shit. But yeah, in that episode, you had Liana, who's like a little, like the smallest 10, 11-year-old ever, trying to stand up to a giant white walker. And she runs towards him with so much venom, fueled with so much burning passion and I'm doing it for my people ah, laying out war, war cries and she just gets brushed aside or kicked aside by this giant and I just couldn't start laughing it was like it was like it was an equivalent of just squatting away a fly or just kicking I don't know stepping on the ant that's how it was and I couldn't stop laughing although she you know she got she got the W in the end because she killed him by stabbing him in the eye but she died anyway by getting crushed to death and I guess I don't know she redeemed herself but it was just too funny it just reminded me of Shaq the way Shaq would bully people in the post and she actually ran to him like yeah I want to guard you I'm a 5 foot 5 point guard trying to guard us 7 foot plus 250 pound plus center yeah right give her a rest give her a rest but yeah that episode was quite cool another one the next quote is Quote, God forbid there was a murder at Ellen Road. That whole show of sportsmanship is so blurred. So I don't know who, I don't know who didn't see the incident, but there was an incident at Ellen Road where Leeds were playing Aston Villa. Now, an Aston Villa player goes down injured. And the ball kind of falls to a Leeds player. The Aston Villa players are signaling to the Leeds players to kick the ball out. They do not. Leeds go on and score. Now it's controversy. Now everyone's in. Now there's a, now there's just a big brawl. Everyone's fighting everyone. Like managers are getting managers' faces, and the commentator. I don't know why he's basically fueling this. He's basically disgusted. I don't know why he's disgusted. You would think there was a murder at Ellen Road. Like someone just did something so heinous, but no. And this is what I, it got me thinking. Whatever happened to playing to the whistle? The referee can only stop the game if it's a head injury. It wasn't a head injury. Now, we are told to believe that you should play to the whistle. As defenders, you're told to lead to play to the whistle. Even when you feel like it's offside, play to the whistle until you hear the whistle. So why? Even from young, you're always told to play to the whistle, play to the whistle, play to the whistle, play to the whistle, play to the whistle. Why now should Leeds have to feel bad for adhering to those rules? Because Aston Villa players stopped playing. They didn't play to the whistle. They slowed down. They, they themselves slowed down. I don't know why they slowed down. I don't know what you're trying to do. Like, it, I think it's very assumption, uh, 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 presumptuous of you to think that I'm going to get the ball out of play because why? You slow down. All right, give up. In boxing, they always say you protect your face at all times. 
protect your face at all times because if you don't, you're going to get knocked out. So it extends to football. So lead score. There's a big hoo-ha that lasts like 5-10 minutes. Everyone gets yellow carded. Someone gets red carded. Now, Leeds manager, Marco Bielsa, orders his team to let Aston Villa score a goal. So literally from kickoff, Aston Villa walk uncontested and walk and score and score a goal. They let at least let Aston Villa score a goal. So it's 1-1, game things 1-1. Now Leeds have to go try to get to the premiership through the playoffs. Now, this is what pisses me off, right? I don't understand why people felt so disgusted. It's the Leeds did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. They just adhere to the rules. So this whole letting them letting them score, I understand why Bielsa let them score because Bielsa doesn't want that smoke. He already got suspended or fined previously during the year for apparently he was accused of spying on Derby Derby County before they played them. So I guess he didn't want that smoke again. He didn't want his name to be on the asterisks again. So I understand why he did it. But as far as, uh, to me, as far as I'm concerned, Leeds did nothing wrong. Nothing wrong. And Aston Villa should next time play to the whistle because honestly, that's, that's, this sportsmanship, this whole sportsmanship and like, I don't know, pretense, it's all blurred. The whole sportsmanship is blurred. Because you have you have you have players feigning injuries, going down, feigning fouls, so it's always like a uh, the boy who cried wolf when it comes to football. So it just it will teach these people to stay on the pitch, to stay on their feet, and not to fake injuries. It will teach these players right now. This incident, I hope, is a precursor of things to come that we're not going to kick the ball out of thing unless the referee blows the whistle. Play to the goddamn whistle. <laughs> We're going to close out this episode with some church announcements, man, uh, you know, and send you into the weekend. I'm going to give out some shout-outs to the people that that I feel like they deserve shout-outs, good or bad, that I didn't get time to speak to them, to speak about them on the podcast. So, yeah, church announcements, man. Where is my choir? Thank you. you I want to give a shout-out to Dame Lillard again. I think he's got ice in his veins. There's only there's, that's the only reason why he can pull off that shot from ridiculous lengths, shooting the, uh, a game-winning, a series-winning shot from like the parking lot. Honestly, untroubled. And <laughs> shout out to Paul George who said that shot was a bad shot. All right, man, calm down. Shout out to Mustafi the terrible. Shout out to ASAP Rocky the creative genius. I'm just appreciating ASAP more and more. I'm going. For- I'm going back playing his old music, man, and just appreciating like what he's done to the music industry. And, like he just created his creative import never changed. Shout out to Spotify for letting your boy into the club. Finally. Shout out to Kevin Durant for being the best NBA player in this um right now. Like the the front of LeBron. I don't care. Kevin Durant is the best player. I don't want to hear any LeBron anymore. Kevin Durant is the most unstoppable player. This guy can this guy is dropping 35 plus points with ease. If I haven't tried. Shout out to Mustafi again. Oh my gosh. I have, he's so bad at it. I have to I have to call out his name twice. I have to shout his name twice. Shout out to Arsene Wenger. I will not forgive you for this. Shout out to Ramadan Ramsey, who's just played his last game in an Arsenal shirt. He's injured for the rest of the season and I'm just inconsolable right now. Very inconsolable. No one can console me right now, not even some good head. Shout out to the blessings that are coming my way. I know if, at times it feels like like I haven't received any blessings in ages, but 
it's time to take off the shades and just allow the blessings to come my way, man. I know they're coming. I'm just letting you know whenever you get here that I'm ready. And finally, shout out to Charles Gambino. I watched his Coach Cheddar performance and it's just, he's my favourite artist, man. I just love him, man. I think everything he does touch, turns to gold. He's just such a creative visionary. Visionaire. Visionaire. He's just a creative visionary. Pioneer. I just love everything he does. Like that Coachella performances, I just had my own one-man solo Coachella perform um, show festival in my room, and it was just dope. I remember, oh, I just love Charlie's Gambino, man. But yo, that is it, and thank you again for listening to the podcast. Again, wherever you listen to, wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's on SoundCloud, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, whether it's on Spotify now, please you know like us subscribe to us rate us review us and just share it among your friends man just get the word out and i will catch you again this next week peace